Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all-encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? Welcome back to Wanna Vibe. by Misa. I'm Abby. And today we have <laughs> Melanie Monaco, who has certifications in intuitive eating, in integrative nutrition, feminine energy healing, yoga, and more. And she helps women transform bodies and lives with self-love. Melanie? And she's also known as the Self-Love Lifestyle podcast, mm-hmm. IG, website, coaching, all of the things. So thank you so much, Melanie, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. It's such a joy to be here with you. Yay. And I was just telling Melanie that I love her name because my sister's name is also Melanie. So I already feel a connection here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And did we do an adequate job introducing you? Did we forget anything? Because you you are a jack of all trades, Mm -hmm. a Jill of all trades. There is a lot. You know, the one thing that I have been really focusing on recently uh, is that I train and certify self-love coaches. Mm. And so I'm a master self-love coach. And I have right now, as we're speaking, over 100 coaches in my training program. Oh, my God. Wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I created I created a certification course, an online course that has like over a hundred videos and 200 page manual with worksheets and just pretty much like you mentioned a lot of my certifications, but I have over a dozen certifications. And so everything that I learned, I condensed into this one program. People kept being like, how do I do what you do? Like, how can I have your job? And I'm like, well, here's the 10 years and like, (laughs) you know, a whole list of like, education that you need. And then because people just kept asking for it, like I would get client consultations being booked and they'd be like, well, I don't really want to be your client. I want to be you. Wow. (laughs) That is the ultimate compliment right there. I was just going to say that's truly like a testament to your work too, that so many people are like, I want to be like her. That's the best Um, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also saw your post this morning with your husband and shout out to him about for how, how much he's helping with the business. I think it's like really, um, it's really awesome to, cause I always wonder like how entrepreneurs do it all and like who's helping and are they hiring that help? And like, how lucky are you that your husband is this like multi-talented person that can help you with your bookkeeping and your editing and like videos and things like that. I mean, that's pretty amazing to have in a life partner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, he's also an entrepreneur and he, uh, back when we were living in the city, he worked and he still works in the fine art world, but he was doing even more of it then because we were in the, the middle of all of that there. And he basically is like a business coach for fine artists and visual artists. And so he's traveled all over the world and, you know, done 
even like meetings at crazy places like the Louvre. Like we went to wow. Paris last year because he had a meeting at the Louvre. I'm Whoa. like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then you're like, he's with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm really proud of him. And um, and so he, because he's an entrepreneur himself and, and has his own work that he's doing, he, you know, we have a shared vocabulary. And, and so he's been helping out a lot. And I also have two assistants as well. Um, and they help me manage uh, everything. They do a lot of community management within my course and also just you know, updating the website and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Right. Totally. So I want to hear more about the course, but first I want to like take a step back because when we talk to our guests on the show, we always really like to hear about sort of like all of the milestones, not all the milestones, we can be succinct because, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but the milestones in your upbringing that sort of brought you to where you are now, like what helped shaped the person that you are now? I know that you had a lot of self image crap that you dealt with as a very young girl. So walk us through through that. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California in the nineties, which is like, I mean, that was just a very specific time with a very specific, um, ideal of beauty. Right. And I, my mom, uh, think Baywatch guys, Baywatch. Yeah, exactly. By the bell. All of that. Cindy Crawford sipping up Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to set the seed. Yeah, I love who, that. Who the fuck looks like that in real life? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking Baywatch too. I'm like, that <laughs> was the ideal. Um, and my mom is a yoga teacher, uh, but she also before that was like teaching jazzercise. You know, she's like very in. Oh my God, I love it. Remember like jazzercise? The, the fitness areas. Yeah, yeah. Aqua aerobics. <laughs> did she wear, but did she wear a thong bodysuit over like shorts? Because oh that's the ultimate nineties workout. I know. Outfit. I'm trying to Belted. definitely had leotards, one hundred percent. I and they were definitely high cut. So probably yes. It's amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> I'll have to ask her for Can me. we bring that back? Like honestly, I know Beyonce's no. done it already, but like I need I need to rock you need to, like you that need to be the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to keep center. interrupting you. So your mom was oh, a yoga I love it. <laughs> So, yeah, my mom was was teaching jazzercise, aqua aerobics. She got into yoga when I was around 10, but I think a lot of those ideals were already instilled in my head at a young age. And here's the thing, like, I love fitness. I love the wellness industry. I love the fitness industry. I was a full-time yoga and fitness instructor when I was living in New York City for a while. And, and I have a lot of love for it. I think growing up in that industry, though, and also just with a huge family history of women not necessarily loving their bodies, right? Like the constant conversation was always like, what new diet am I on? Mm -hmm. Like, have you lost weight? Oh, I've lost weight. I've gained weight. I've done this. And like so much of the conversation with my family and community was just about weight. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, at a certain point, that really affects when you're like a girl growing up, that really affects the way you view yourself. Right. Um, So I really believed into my early twenties that my worth was directly related to my weight. I had 
so, you know, in terms of like self-confidence, I, my parents, I love them. They're, you know, though there was all of this going on, that was also in the culture, whether I got, I would have, it would have been somewhere, you know what I mean? Whether it was from them or outside, but, um, you know, and they supported me so much and they really did build up my confidence in all other areas. So this, I'm not saying this to speak ill of my parents, but I did, you know, I was, given a very specific ideal of what I was supposed to look like and what I was supposed to adhere to that. And, and then even though I had confidence in my passions and what I was doing, I loved growing up. I loved dancing and performing and singing. We even have a music studio in our house. (laughs) I know. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it's still just like everything came back to, oh, I won't be able to achieve X, Y, or Z. I won't get a boyfriend. I won't, um, you know, achieve what I wanted to be a Broadway star for a really long time. Not my dream anymore, but I did for a long time. I'm like, I'm not going to get there unless I look a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I grew up and, and as I like went off to college and was starting to become a young adult, then I started to realize, oh, okay, so I can have things, you know, outside of them being a reward for losing weight, right? right. And like I started also after, you know, just having years of eating disorders, I just was burnt out. Yeah. You know, there was a couple pivotal pivotal moments. I would say the first one was when I was in a kundalini yoga retreat with my mom when I was 17, which y'all, you're not supposed to go to a kundalini yoga retreat to lose weight, but I did. <laughs> I'm wow. sure many people do too. They're like, yeah. I'm going to go on this cleanse. I'm going to like be working out every day. It's like, yeah. that's not what it's for. And thank God for these amazing practices that exist in kundalini yoga that did actually, though nobody was pointing out to me like, Melanie, your ego is is the one that's telling you to lose weight. And like, that's not actually who you are and you are deserving of so much more. Like, I really believe that it was the power of these practices of moving that energy through the body and doing some personal development work, getting, setting my ego aside, right? I remember this moment we were, I think, doing a chakra meditation. Oh no, it was the ego eradicator, which you put your arms above your head and you're doing this like, basically like a breath of fire kind of thing. Yeah, so I know what you're talking about. In and out. Yeah. And I was doing the ego eradicator and I remember just having a moment of like, oh my God, wait, I can choose to hate my body or I can choose to love my body. And this was happening. You're 17 years old and this thought pops into your head. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I know. And, and I think it, it took another, (laughs) I mean, it's still a process, but like it took another, I don't know, five, no, maybe four years for me to really like let that sink in but it was after that point where I started getting really into spirituality. And I found recently in some of my um, Oracle cards, I had written this note to myself of like, your body is your friend. <laughs> oh. 
from like when I was in high school. I love that. It's like notes from the past. Right. And here too, like, you know, you don't bear the fruit when before, you know, like you plant the seed and then like, as you put work into it and you till, you know, till the mulch or whatever the fuck you do, you know, and then it like (laughs) grows. But I love that. And that the fact that you were 17 and I love that you said it took you four or five years to really develop and start to hone in onto your practice. Yeah, exactly. And so that was the first turning point. I still was battling my body after that, um, but not to the same degree. I mean, I like, you know, I won't get into graphic detail, but I was doing like crazy things to my body to try to look a certain way. And like, you know, way, way before, um, you know, juice cleansing was just like starting to become a thing. So I would like order juice cleanses I would spend like all of my money on a juice cleanse to be delivered in high school. And, you know, not because I wanted to like be the healthiest version of myself. So I have always had an interest in that, but it was really about looking a certain way. And I just look back and I have so much compassion for that, that past Mm -hmm. self because, you know, we're always doing the best we can with the information that we have. Right. And I just was given this information that I really had to conform my body outside of what it was meant to be. Um, and so then years pass, I go through college, I'm starting to, you know, go even deeper into psychology. I studied Jungian psychology in college, um, even deeper into personal development, spirituality, was doing energy healing, became a yoga teacher, all of that. Um, And then I started dating my now husband and he proposed to me on the beach um, in, in, (laughs) in New York City on Rockaway Beach. And I wasn't expecting it at all. I was wearing a little bikini. Um, and I no, I remember the moment. I mean, I remember he proposed to me and I was so shocked. And I was just like, it was like slow motion surreal. It was so magical and wonderful. And I, of course, said, well, first I was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> but then I remember like five minutes after, or maybe even less, the thought came into my head of like, oh my God, like all of these people were there at the beach. We had photos at the beach. Um, Some of our friends were secretly hiding out, taking photos. And I had the thought, oh my God, like I got proposed to in a bikini when like, I'm not like skinny or like whatever. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But it's just like a bet, like your, your joy almost gets just completely destroyed because that was your second thought. You know, first thought is what? Or we'll say third, what? Yes. Oh my God, what did I look like? Yeah. Yeah. And to piggyback off that, um, my fiance recently proposed to me. Yes, congrats. Thank you. However, we've been dating almost five years. And I remember when I, I I was at my heaviest when he and I met. And I remember thinking like maybe a year in, like I want to marry this man. And he gave me, uh, my first thought was, I have to lose weight because if I press my hands to my face and surprise, like if he proposes to me, I don't want my arms to look big. Like oh that's, God. that was like the motivation of to why I started working out. Like I was like, Oh God, like, I don't know how long I have. Like we got to start getting going. So I totally, like, I felt that in my heart when you said that where your thought was yeah. like, Oh shit. Like, what do I do now? Would yeah. You, would you say as like, after that thought, like with the support and love of like your husband now, do you think that that helped you? 
this sounds wrong, like saying like, oh, help me love myself more. But sometimes I feel like somebody can like support you in a way without saying like, you should lose weight or like, yeah, girl, like go to the gym. Like they just love you for who you are. And it gives you that boost to be like, I want to take care of myself for me, but I also want to take care of myself because of you, you know, like I want to be healthy for you. I don't want Absolutely. To- no, no, okay. no. I know it sounds messed up, but this is something I've talked about a lot too, of like it, it did take having, it was actually, uh, the person I was with before Sam, who was like the first person I said, I love you too. And he did really love me like in my body as it was. And that was the first time that I felt love that wasn't conditional on my physical form, right? Or didn't have that baggage of like, you know, we love you, but you should really lose 10 pounds, which like, again, I love my parents. They did the best they could with the information they had. But like my dad would be like, oh, I'll give you a, we'll get you a kitten if you can lose 20 pounds. You're definitely not alone in having parents like, like parents like that at all. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's why I speak about it because it it feels a little like maybe even taboo. Um, Yeah. But I think it's so important because now we have parents, you know, like millennials becoming parents. And I mean, people are becoming parents every day. And it's just so important to remember, like, if you use food as reward and punishment, if you use weight as a way to try to give rewards and punishments, it is going to create a disordered relationship with the body and food. Like, how can it not, you know, even if it, whether it manifests into a full eating disorder or not, like it is definitely something that we have to be super, super aware of. And um, even within ourselves of like giving our ourselves rewards with food or for losing weight, congratulating others on losing weight because sometimes people lose weight from like a medical reason. Uh, You know, it could be something like cancer or disease that you're not trying to lose weight and congratulating them on that. It's like a knife in the, it's like a knife in the gut for them. And 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 on the same, the same note, like berating or judging someone for gaining weight. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what's going on in someone's personal life that they're not talking about. Instagram is only a highlight reel. And this is something that like keeps me up at night because I do have a four, almost five-year-old son. And like, you know, he'll be like, what mom, like, what are you putting on your body? I'm like self-tanning, right? What are you putting on your body? Or I'm like (laughs) waxing my legs. He's like, why are you waxing your legs? I'm like, because society tells me that I should, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I don't know why women are not supposed to have hair on their bodies, but men are allowed to like, I don't know. But, um, but it is something that I think that our parents generation didn't think through all the way, you know what I mean? And it's just now with our generation that we're starting to be really a lot more aware of how our behaviors are affecting our kids. Like, I just don't think that our parents really thought that far out into the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they just didn't have access to that. They didn't have the tools. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's just been so much of a development, especially in the food psychology world. Um, So now we just know more and we just have more language around it, which I think is really important. But, you know, and even when we congratulate other people on, on losing weight, um, you know, it, it really sends a message of like, you look better now than you did yeah. before, which if they gain the weight back, which will likely happen because 95% plus of diets fail, right. then they're left feeling like, oh, they liked me more before. 
yep. I gained this weight, which again is like, it just comes back to this really um, unfortunate lack of self-worth that could be yeah. avoided, right? I think it's really, it speaks volumes about you as a person that you were able to recognize, even if, even if it was a journey, right? And like, it took years for you to kind of perfect your craft of self-love, if you will. But at 17, to have this thought of like, I actually can, I mean, I'm 35 and I'm just starting to like figure this out, right? Yeah. I, and and I, I was so excited to talk to you because I just, I just recently, like with my move and like with a lot of like life changes have kind of dropped the whole, like, I need to look a certain way. I need to eat certain things. Like, I'm just going to eat what I want to eat. And I'm going to stop eating when I'm full. And it's not going to be about the food. I'm not going to tie food to my emotions. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just done. But it's not, it just came from within, right? Like this is where I'm at in my life. This is the body that I have to live in. It does a lot for me. It has done a lot for me. It will continue to do a lot for me if I treat it well. But like, I was not (laughs) here at 17. So like, that's crazy that you are so emotionally mature at such a young age to be able to just even recognize Mm. that thought, you know? I think that you should... I, j- I want to congratulate you for that because at 17, I was a fucking hot mess. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely, it's a process though. And it, in 17 was not, it was the, the moment where I realized I could make that choice, but it took me years and is still taking me time to implement that choice, right? Yeah. To choose. I'm going to, I'm going to love my body. And actually I would say that I like, you know, at this point in the journey, so my husband proposed and I was like, I, I had the thought like, oh my God, what did I look like? I looked, you know, whatever. I don't even want to use the words I thought because I don't want other people to be thinking those words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, and then I was like, I don't want to feel this way on my wedding day. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to spend my wedding day concerned about what I look like in photos. And so I spent, and then I was going to nutrition school at the same time he proposed. And so I spent this time while I was in nutrition school and I did, I did even more and more always education. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to learn how to love myself unconditionally, regardless as to what I look like. And what's crazy about this is that my body did change. I have not weighed myself since I was like 20. So I have no idea if I, what, what my weight did. I know I can't tell you, but I can tell you that through changing my intention of the way I was taking care of my body rather than just like battling it, right. Of being like, I should eat this way. Mm-hmm. I should move this way. Cause like I was teaching, I was teaching full-time fitness at that point in time. And I thought I was eating healthfully. I was in nutrition school. Um, my body still was not happy though. Cause outside of me not being happy in what my body looked like, I was experiencing chronic insomnia and breakouts and, um, you know, just little signs and symptoms of like, Hey, this isn't great. And so when I learned how to finally start listening to my body, which I know is such a simple thing to say, but y'all like how often can we actually be like body? What do you want to eat right now? Body, How do you want to move without the like inner child coming out and being like, I don't want to move. I want to eat. Right. Right. (laughs) How often can we actually sit with ourselves and get a really clear answer? It's really hard. Yeah. Super hard. 
but the, so the fancy word for that is interceptive awareness. And so I went hard on developing my interceptive awareness and figuring out, okay, regard, like I'm going to just work on my confidence, my level of self-love and also work on figuring out how to intuitively nourish my body and respond with care and do the work of using healthy coping mechanisms instead of relying on food as a coping mechanism. And so by the time my, my wedding day rolled around, I, I felt like a goddess and like I... Yes. <laughs> and it was, you know, there was still like, I'm not going to tell you like my mindset was 100% perfect, but it was monumentally better. You know what I mean? I don't, that whole day, I don't think I really had the thought of like, Oh, what do I look like? I think I just was able to be present, which was the goal. And since then it's gotten even better and better all the time. Um, so this process is, it's 100% a practice like there is not the day that you're going to wake up and then for the rest of your life, I've, I mean, I haven't experienced this. I don't believe that there's the day that any of us can wake up and for the rest of our lives be like, great, I love myself unconditionally and I'm just going to take perfect action in honoring myself because there's so many external influences coming our ways, things that we can't control. And that creates, you know, uh, can create just moments of like, I don't, I don't even want to say falling off track, but, but it's just like self-doubt, just friction, you know? yeah. 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 And that's okay. We're yeah. perfectly you're, imperfect. I think your journey is so incredible, especially leading up to your wedding, because so many women would mm. think the complete opposite. They'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to punish myself mm-hmm. for this year or whatever the timing is until the wedding actually starts. And I'm going to torture myself and I'm going to get the pictures that I want, which will lead to once you have your wedding, you go buck wild afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's like your body finally releases like, holy cannoli, like, thank God now I can eat or like, thank God I can have this. And that's when that ebb and flow of like, you know, that yeah. roller coaster of like weight gain, weight loss, whatever. And then still that voice hasn't changed and your punishment, yeah. you know, like your, or your self punishment, I should say. So to continue, but everything is always a practice. We say that all the time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You have to practice every day so that you can build yourself up as opposed to, you know, like pigeonholing yourself. And then when you're set free, you're just like screaming and on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have questions. First, I want to make note that your body holds on to trauma, right? So I feel like it's very telling that the second you changed your mindset, you started to see changes in your body. It's like you have to process through these emotions because your body will find a way to hold on to them, whether that be weight, whether that be blemishes on your skin, like whatever it is, it, it's a real thing. Like we're all connected. Mind and body is connected. Um, I wanted to ask you about what your coping mechanisms look like now. And I also wanted to make a note because I'm going to forget. And Issa's like bolding it in our doc that we have <laughs> shared. But like, I think that, thank God, first of all, that self-love is becoming a, a much more talked about topic now than it has been in, in my lifetime, at least. Um, you know, seeing different body types become more normalized is starting to gain traction, but because self-love is kind of like a buzzword right now as it's like wellness and like whatever, I just want to know what it means to you specifically. Like how do you define self-love and then what are your coping mechanisms? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember because you said you were going to ask me this and I remember seeing that and I'm like, that's like hours, like I'm defining. And I've said so many definitions too over the course of doing this work and and practicing and it changes every day. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So what is it? What is it today? Yeah, exactly. Self-love today is the process of being patient with yourself, of unconditionally forgiving yourself while simultaneously holding a level of self-responsibility so that you can continue to act in alignment with the highest version of yourself that leads you to manifesting your goals in a way that is compassionate to the world and those around you. Melanie. Golf clap. <laughs> yes. I don't want to clap into the microphone, but. And I love that you started it with that every day it's different because it's yeah. so true. Some days, so you know, like, just wake up and like, thank you so much for waking. I don't know who, who, whoever you speak to, but I'll be like, God, thank you so much for waking me up. Thank you or whatever it is. And like, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for X, Y, and Z. And then just to like silly things sometimes. So I take the path into work, which you know what the path is. Like so a subway. it's like yeah. a subway, but, yeah. um, I'll be like double tripling up the stairs and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, thank you. My body can do this, you know? And like, yeah. like I'll thank my body for being able to do silly things like that and, or like keep yeah. my balance or whatever. But yeah. So like from day to day it changes, but as long as it's acknowledged and positive, I'd love that. Yeah. Well, what you are speaking on is that gratitude practices, appreciation. Yeah. And I created a self-love roadmap um, early on in my my business building, like when I was starting to coach, because um, I was I was actually doing a workshop and I had had clients at that point. Um, but I, for the workshop was going to be talking about self-love. And I was like, I want to give people a step-by-step on how to love themselves. Yeah. Um, and so I, I looked at, okay, what have my clients done that has worked for them? What did I do that worked for me? And what could be easily adaptable to a variety of different people, regardless of circumstances. And so the roadmap that I created is Step one, self-forgiveness. Step two, self-acceptance. Step three, self-gratitude. Step four, self-care. And step five, self-trust. Now you'll notice that self-love is not even on that. It's the practicing of all of those things that is the self-love. And so when you're talking about self-gratitude, that is, so that's the third step. It's right in the middle. And to me, that's where things shift. Cause I think a lot of people get stuck. They're like, okay, I forgive myself and I accept whatever I'm just, this is just me. I'm accepting it, whatever. It's fine. And then they stop. Totally. Right. And that you can go so much deeper than that. Right. A lot of people are like, I don't love myself, but I'm just going to accept that this is who I am Mm -hmm. and I am who I am. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, you can become who you want to be. You can become the most aligned, happiest, fulfilled, purposeful version of yourself. You can't stop at self-acceptance. It's part of it, but you have to move forward. And the way to move forward, in my experience of doing this work myself and hundreds of women, is self-gratitude. So when you're talking about that appreciation of like, thank you for waking me up, you know, thank you to my body for going through the stairs and like just being able to carry me. Yes. That is where things begin to shift because what you're grateful for, 
you care for in a different way. You honor and nourish in a different way. I actually Um, really appreciate that you just listed off the roadmap that you have. Yeah. Because a lot of times I stop at just being grateful. Totally. I I try and learn to be accepting of myself. That's not always easy. Um, Or like self-trusting is not always, like I'm always finding like, I'll ask other people's opinions and I care about it too much as opposed to just like going with my gut and being like, what do you like? What do you want to do? But I'll default. And honestly, I just wouldn't even think of all these other things until you just mentioned them. I was like, oh, there's different paths. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there's different ways of doing this other than just saying thank you, other than trying to acknowledge, which I think is important. But also, I I genuinely was like, that's all I default to. That's my yeah. my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's self-trust is, is the hardest thing because we're really, especially as women, taught to not trust ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taught to always ask uh others' opinions, to rely on what other people think is right, even just like the process of, I don't know, applying for a program or applying for college or like, you know, taking tests, right? All of these things that we do growing up um, so often is like, okay, I'm putting this decision in somebody else's hands, right? I'm going to do the best and then somebody else is going to decide and, and say what is best for me based on what I put out. Right. That teaches us from such a young age that we can't really trust ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just went down a mental spiral because you said something that triggered me like so hard. Cause you, you said as women we're taught like not to trust ourselves and to, to, value the opinions of others, right? More than we value our own opinions of ourselves. But at the same fucking time, we're told don't talk to strangers. Don't trust other people. You only have like, you have to rely on yourself, blah, blah. So there's all of these mixed messages. And now I'm pissed because (laughs) what the fuck? It's so true. Like, why are we not, we don't trust our lives, right? With like a random fucking stranger, but we're going to trust something as delicate as how we, how much we value ourselves because someone we don't even know said that we're fat or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pissed. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you should be. No, that's, I mean, I do think like, you know, being angry and, and I've gone through periods of being angry about the societal conditioning that we, we get. Um, it's definitely the turning point of like, okay, I'm, I'm really pissed off about this. Um, I'm no longer accepting it. Right. Yeah. And then like, and that's like the movement of change of like, this is not okay with me. I'm going to change this within myself. So it's good that you're pissed and we all should be a little bit mad about the way that we've been taught to view ourselves, especially as women. I'm so, I'm so deeply passionate about body literacy with women and women understanding the way that their hormones work and understanding like what a period even is is, you know, like that's a whole other conversation, but it's, you know, we're told like the period is like the curse. Like that has been the term that's been used for hundreds of years. Right. Like we're, we're taught that our body is cursed. Are you kidding me? And then to have somebody else like behave, like when you're like, say like you're with somebody and you're like, Oh, I can't do X, Y, and Z. I have my period. And if the person responds to you like, Oh, gross. Yeah. And you're just, and then you feel, Oh, gross. And that's like the narrative that gets built into your head of like, oh my God, I can't see you or like, we can't be intimate because I have my period. 
Yeah. There's so much shame around it. And yeah. like, I'm done with it. I'm so done with that. And, and so I think that that's another part of the puzzle of like, if you're somebody on your self-love journey who has a period, and I think like even people who don't have periods, just understanding the way your body works. Right. <laughs> Men included. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's, it's really important to, to just know what's going on so that you when something is slightly off, you're not just ignoring your body or like putting a bandaid on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unless it's like a literal cut on your body that you need. Right. To then please bandage wound it and keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so when you feel like the least like yourself or when you feel less love than a normal day, like what's something that brings you back and like makes you feel empowered again? How do you tap oh into God. that? I have so many. And one of the things that I love to do is um, create like a fill your cup checklist of like, this is something I have all my clients do where you just make a checklist of all of the things that fill your energetic cup that when Mm. you do it, you feel fulfilled, you know? Um, So what's on my fill, fill your cup checklist is like always getting outside always like if I, anything is happening, if I just step outside and I put my feet on the earth, I'm like, okay, you know, I can do this. Um, also I, I mean, breath work is so, so transformative, you know, just deep breathing. It will like literally reset your nervous system. Like people who are listening to this, just like take a really deep breath into your belly and exhale out through your mouth and allow your tongue to soften on the bottom of your mouth and allow your shoulders to soften and then do it again. It's like, it's a reset. Yeah. It's powerful, you know? So I meditate every day. I do personal energy healing every day. I move my body pretty much every day and I'm really, um, an advocate for preventative self-care. So like, yes, I have crisis moments. Like I, I've struggled with anxiety pretty much my whole life. And I, even two weeks ago, like I very rarely have anxiety attacks, but two weeks ago I had one and it was like, okay, what's happening? I know how to get out of this. And so I was just like, I was kind of like hyperventilating, sobbing on the floor. My husband was like, how do I help you? And I'm like, you probably can't. It's just me um, that needs to help myself. And so I went outside. I did, I took some flower essences. I got some crystals and I just like laid on the ground, you know? And I just mm-hmm. was like this, I'm going to let this environment heal me and this energy heal me. And, and, um, and then I also have teachers and mentors. You know, I think that's a really important thing. We all need somebody who we can go to for support who, you know, I have my husband, I have my best friends, but there's something really important about having somebody who has like this outside perspective and also is like a specialist of Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're trying to develop. So I have a spiritual teacher who's also uh, a therapist and does depth psychology and shadow work. And that's really important to me that I nurture that aspect of, of my own work. Um, And so, yeah, I love that as well. One thing I do every day is like in the morning I have, um, you, you'll be noticing I have so many tools that I'm like, I have this (laughs) checklist. Good, Yeah. So I actually, I have a little journal that I do and it's, um, my daily self-love journal. And so it's five, five, five. So it's five affirmations 
It's five things you're grateful for about yourself. And then, I mean, mostly about yourself. I say like do three about yourself and then two about something else. So it's like, I'm grateful for my strong arms. I'm grateful I can breathe. I'm grateful for my beating heart. I'm grateful for my cats and my husband. (laughs) And then the last five are acts of nourishment that aren't like number restrictive. So it can't be like, I'm going to exercise for 20 minutes. It could be like, I'm going to move my body, right? It can't be, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes. It can be like, I'm going to sit and breathe, right? Mm -hmm. So that they're flexible enough so you can allow your body to guide you through what feels right in that day rather than settling into a, this is what I should do. So five affirmations, five things you're grateful for, five acts of nourishment. And I do that every day and it's really, really transformative. I love that. I also want to point out what you said just a minute ago, um, every successful person that we've ever encountered always has a teacher or a guide or Mm -hmm. somebody that they look up to. And now you can find yourself being that person for other people. So like, Mm -hmm. when did you decide that you wanted to take your self-love lifestyle to the next level and become a student and then further that as a coach? Mm. I mean, I've always been a student. I'm still a student. I, yes. I mean, I love, I love certifications. I love upping my education. I love taking a deep dive into to a topic. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know. I started doing yoga when I was 10 with my mom and that was like the start of it. And I started pulling Oracle cards when I was 11. And then I started reading Oracle cards for other people in high school. And I was always very much an advice giver. I love giving pep talks. Um, (laughs) and, and so in terms of starting my business. I mean, it was such a gradual thing because fresh out of college, I started teaching yoga, you know, and then I'd find in my yoga classes, I would spend a lot of time talking about how to love yourself and, and, and giving my students permission to trust mm. their bodies, giving my students permission to not push themselves so hard while also giving them permission to like find their strength, not because they think they need to, you know, sit in chair pose for an extra minute, but because they want to learn how to trust their bodies through that. Right. It's all about intention and perspective. And I, I, even at that point was like very much in that space. I'd have women come up to me after class and like, I'll never forget this. Like woman came up to me and pulled her shirt up, like to where her, her sports bra started Mm -hmm. and showed me her belly and like pinched her belly and was like, how do I get rid of this? And I was like, what did I say? Oh my gosh. I think I said something like, you just went through a yoga class and your body held you up the whole time. Like there's nothing that you need to get rid of. You know, your body is so powerful and amazing and your body will continue to change as you continue to honor it and nourish it as best you can. And like, that's Dang. what I mean. You're just like punch her in the what face. Was her re- yeah. I, what was her reaction to that? Cause I feel like you could get when, but like in a good way. Yeah. I feel People like there could be, People hate it when they're not ready for it. But right, you know, 100%. Right. I'm not going to be like, oh, here's what to eat and here's like, here's the diet to go on because diets don't work. I'm not right. going to like tell, I'm not going to give her snake oil. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I just was like, here's the, here's the deal. And I think she just was like, oh, okay. Thank you. Like, you right. People, but she came back. Oh, good. I feel yeah. like people hate being responded to with love. Yeah. You know, like I've, 
depending on where they are in their journey, right? So if you're not, if you're not ready and someone says something like that to you, like, you know what, honey, just be gentle on yourself. It'll happen. Oh, that's not the answer that I wanted. I wanted. Well, like, yeah, because people want magic pills. They don't want to do the work and they want to be told what to do and they want it to happen immediately. And at some point in your life, you have to realize that that's not how the world works. Like but, yeah. you want to make money, you got to work for it. You want to yeah, love yeah. yourself, you got to practice it. You know, like that's just part of. But obviously, obviously something like stuck that she came back because yeah. Yeah. there's a time where, you know, you probably planted a seed with her where, and I know I've been, we've been planting seeds all through this episode, but, um, you know, probably can have a garden at the end, but truly, like <laughs> truly though, you know, something probably stuck with her in a weird way where she was like, Oh, like, even if she might not have taken it, she, she didn't get the response that she wanted, you know, air quotes initially. And then she probably thought it over and was like, Oh, and like marinated in marinated in it. And then it was like, Oh, I'm going to come back and like, see what she means by that. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. When, when you have like a first client, sorry, I'm like so excited. Um, when you have a first client, what are like some typical, give me like body, you know, body language or certain things that they say that you're like, oh yeah, we're going to do this thing. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, okay. So one of the huge things that I hear a lot is I have no self-control. I have no mm. self-control. I can't stop eating X, Y, or Z. I have no self-control. And um, also like the, just feeling like battling the body. Like I'm, t- I'm tired of battling my body. I'm tired of fighting my body. Um, other things that I hear are, you know, I, I have like pretty constant anxiety about what I look like, you know, or, or just being like, I don't like the way I look, I guess is the more, you know, standard way somebody would say, I don't like the way I look. I don't feel confident. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel desirable. I don't think I'm ever going to be loved. Um, you know, I feel like self-sabotaging, um, yeah, those are a lot of the the constant things that I hear. And, you know, it. I really don't believe, I don't really love the term self-control. Right. I don't love the term self-discipline. I don't, I don't like those words because they're so negative and I, or they have, for me, have a very negative connotation. And I think when somebody is lacking self-control, it really is because they're, they're not being nourished in a holistic way. There's like some need that's not being met. Right. I myself, I used to binge all the time. I remember like I ate a whole, do you remember like the Pillsbury, like cookie dough things? Yeah. Yeah. Like that shit is my jam. So good. Don't cook it. Eat it right out of the container. Exactly. But I, and I did that like at 2 a.m. one night sobbing. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I just was, you know, I remember feeling that way. Um, now that wouldn't happen because if I'm like, oh, I want cookies, I'm just going to like make some freaking cookies and like get on with my life and just right. eat the cookies that my body wants and move on. And because I'm being nourished emotionally, 
on so many other levels with all of my other self-care practices. Food is not my only um, source of nourishment, like for my soul. I always say that like food can be body nourishing and it can be soul nourishing. There's nothing wrong with enjoying food and loving food and and, um, finding pleasure in food. We're meant to find pleasure with food. And so it's just like, is this body nourishing or is this soul nourishing? And if it's neither and, and somebody is just consuming the food because they want to numb themselves, because they're overwhelmed, because they're sad, there are so many other better coping mechanisms out there. Out there and it's just a matter of finding them and then practicing. And I have clients who I've been working with for like a year who are getting better and better every day. But y'all, this is a process. Like that's yep. not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. And you just have to like trust that it will happen and trust the journey and ask for help when you need it and continue to, to just explore all of the different tools and self-care practices out there. Because when you find the ones that work, it is so juicy and good (laughs) and is it works so much better than eating a tub of cookie dough. <laughs> and those are the so hardest more. parts. Those are like the hardest parts that you just mentioned is the asking for help. Yeah. And then also trusting the journey. And like, tr- again, back to trusting yourself where you're like, am I doing the right thing? Or I've been doing this for three days and why haven't I loved myself enough yet? You right. know? Well, also I think that what's huge is, is recognizing that, um, it's typically something deeper, right? Like I don't, I don't think that a lot of people are very comfortable admitting to themselves that they have some type of trauma that, or, or whatever that they have to work through because this is a piece of a bigger problem. Yep. And people don't want to admit that because once you admit it, there's no going back, right? You have to face it. And I think that that's a lot harder for people than, um, just ignoring the problem and eating the cookie dough and crying at night and, and doing all of the things that, that give them that quick dopamine hit, but then they end up back in the same cycle. So I think that's like a really um, important aspect to, to recognize is that like, this is, this is legit like deep work that you have to do if you yeah. really want to get to the point where you are loving, respecting, honoring, thanking yourself. Um, because sometimes it's not, it's not just a straightforward thing. It's really like shadow work and sometimes addressing relationships that you've had with people for a really long time and stuff like that, that just, it's heavy, but it's, but if you don't deal with it now, are you going to carry it around for the rest of your life and be miserable? Like, is that how you want to live your days is just Mm -hmm. unhappy. Um, but I do want to pivot because I want to hear about your business. I want to hear about what it looked like to build your business because I do think that there's something and, and something that we've, we've touched on in previous episodes with people that are entrepreneurs is like the, and, and you have like a double step, right? Because you went from practicing yourself to becoming a coach, teaching people how to practice, to becoming a coach, teaching people how to coach, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's like a double step. So what did, what did that look like for you specifically? And how did you know you were ready for the next step? Oh my gosh, y'all, you never know you're ready. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, it was, as I said earlier, people were asking for it. And I've always been 
obviously as like a coach or a healer or a practitioner or whatever, you know, anybody who's in that kind of world, who is a, a quote light worker, whatever you want to call it. Um, you just have to listen to the universe to guide you and listen to the call of the people that you want to be of service to, right? Like it's all about being of service and how can I help these people mm. and how, and like, what do they need from me? How can I really, um, offer them the self-love guidance, you know? And, and so I've just always gone with what people have asked for and that's the best way to build a successful business <laughs> because, yeah. you know, you're giving people what they, what they want um, in a way that, of course, is still in alignment with, you know, my, my business vision and my values. Uh, building a business is like literally the same as personal development in so many ways, um, which I love. Like I, I love so much of the business aspect of things. I love marketing and I love branding and I'm sure that has contributed to the success of my online business. But um, if I, if I can look at building a business as like something isn't working, what are the belief systems right. that are in place here that are keeping this from working, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can do the strategy, but business, if you're only doing strategy, isn't going to have heart. And at the end of the day, especially if you're working in like the wellness space, you have to have heart in it. People can tell when it doesn't. People can right. tell it's just marketing, yeah, you know? absolutely. So when you have heart in it and your soul in it and you're relating to people in the way that they are asking you to relate to them, the success is inevitable. It's just a matter of, of when and in what like actual medium it's going to manifest. Right. Because if you're only showing like surface level stuff, you're going to attract surface level mm-hmm, clients. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah. as shitty as that sounds, you're only going to get what you put out. And yeah. I think maybe there'll be the veil, you know, or like the smoke and mirrors where maybe somebody who's looking for something a little deeper will find somebody that's only surface level. And then they'll be like, Oh no, this isn't for me and get discouraged Mm -hmm. even, you know, but then once, if you're not practicing what you preach or if you're not passionate about what you're doing and like putting all your love, you know, for lack of a better term into what you're doing, but you'll always like find the people, you know, the people will find you if you're like super rooted in your practice. And Mm -hmm. that way you, have hundreds of people that want to get coached by you. Yeah. I think that, that, you know, authenticity is a word that's always thrown around when it comes to branding and business. And for a while I was like, I'm totally authentic. I'm me. But my (laughs) um, definition of authenticity has evolved to now I understand authenticity is, how would I even phrase this? Is just, is like... (laughs) again, this is so metaphysical or like ethereal, but just like being like real, like not showing the highlight reel, right? Right. Yeah. Be like showing like the highlight reel, R-E-A-L, right? Like being as honest as you can be in a way that is still serving. Like after my panic attack, whatever, two weeks ago, I literally, I was like, I don't really want to do this, but I know that my whole business is like, how can I use my experience to help others? So I'm like, okay, I just went through it. So how can I use it? I like literally got on Instagram and recorded a story of like, I just had a panic attack, an anxiety attack. I was sobbing on the floor. Here's what I did. 
And that's like a perfect example of like, no better, do better. And you were Mm -hmm. doing it in real time. (laughs) Yeah, literal real time. And and I remember like in the early stages of building my business, I was talking about like some of the stories that I've shared here with you today. Um, But there were there were things that I was holding back. Like I wasn't being as um, transparent about how I used to feel about my body or like I just wasn't being as upfront about it or I wasn't as comfortable talking about that really personal aspect. And the more I was able to like get over myself and just be like, look, like even though I'm talking about these things that are hard for me to talk about, it's going to help so many people because there's so many people out there who are like, I'm the only one who's experienced that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm totally alone in this. And if you're a business owner, if you can share your story, the reason why you are being of service, and then also like just follow the call you know, of what the business itself is needing. Yeah. The success is absolutely inevitable. I tried so many things, y'all. I, I like designed like, uh, athleisure wear at one point that was like all self-love affirmations, which is really fun. And I still like wear it, but like, that was not what took off because that was not what people were asking for. I was like writing a book at one point, still writing it, but like ultimately I ended up just turning that into my course because people were asking for a course, not a book. I was like, I'm going to publish my journal, but nobody has been really asking for that. I just give my journal away as a PDF and people are really happy with that. And that's great. Like, you know, there's so many different roads you can go with entrepreneurship, so many different products and services you can offer. Um, And I do think it's valuable to try a bunch of things and and to just see what works and what sticks um, and what resonates the most. And you have to, of course, do the things that bring you joy too. You can't do something that you don't enjoy because that will also be present. So like if I had to give advice to somebody who's like just starting off business, I'd be like, yeah, try it all. See what feels best. See what resonates the most. Don't have shame around something not working out in the way you think it's going to because that just means that you're meant to go another direction and you learned what you were supposed to learn. That's totally fine. I have to say too, when you were sharing about your parents before, because you were saying like you were sharing your experiences and that there's um, that sometimes there's shame involved. In, and I remember just before you said, um, you know, talking about this is people think it's taboo and it's not. And when you were mentioning like the conversations you'd have with your family, I felt like my heart clutch because I'm like, oh God, like I felt like there was a spotlight on me. Even though you were telling your story, I was like, I have been there and that has been my story and it happens to this day. Like I've gotten comments of like, for as much as you work out, you should really be a lot thinner than you are. And I'm like, thank you so much, but I'm hungry. So I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Like, but like, but I know that like the conversation with myself now was like, you're doing what you, like you're doing what you can. You're treating your body well. But when you were saying that, I want, that's our goal here is like to always just make people feel like they're not alone. And I think that's, I know now that's like why people resonate with you and like come to you because Mm -hmm. you're so open and you can share and you're like, this is what I'm learning from my experiences. And it was hard on me and let's try and get through this together. And I love that. And it like, stung my heart. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't keep my cards to my chest at all. And especially now that I'm training coaches, Yeah, I'm like, I will tell you the like really tough bits about having a business. I'll tell you the clients that I took on that I shouldn't. I'll tell you about the financial struggles that I, I went through with it. I will, I, I'm like, 
I'm an open book because, and you know, what's amazing is that my, my coaches now are like, you know, my coaches are about to graduate. I have a class, I have multiple classes, but I have one class right now that's about to graduate next month. And they're like, they have like six consultations. They haven't even like graduated yet. They're like, I have six consultations this week. I'm ready to start selling my program. I have people on my waiting list. And like, when I was first starting my business, I was like, hello, like looking around. <laughs> and so I'm so excited because I think that through the, through the process of like me just trying things out and like failing multiple times, but not failing, just like it not developing the way I wanted it to. Um, that's just allowing these women who are now building their businesses to have way more success quicker than I ever did. Um, and that's also the benefit of like, whether it's business or personal development, right? I'm like, I tried this and I tried this and I tried this, but here's what actually worked for me. Here's the roadmap. Here's the step-by-step process. So instead of it taking you 10 years, it takes you six months, right? Yeah. That's the benefit of also for me to have teachers, right? Who are like, you know, I tried this and I tried this and here's what worked for me and here's the process. I, I feel like um, there's an interesting theme that we haven't touched on yet. And that's kind of like community over competition, right? Like mm. you have these tools, you've done the work and you're sharing it with others as opposed to keeping it to yourself and like kind of being greedy with your success, which I feel like is, is, it might be the route that some people would take, right? As Right. And, and that's a testament to you, but also to the people that you attract because I mean, we are the same way. Like I, we actually just, our, our, um, episode this week with Carrie from Love Locked, she was saying that, you know, she, she opened this boutique and she wanted to highlight a bunch of different artists, not just her own work. She wanted to be part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. And I, I just like, I I don't remember where my brain was going with this, but I wanted to call it out because I think it's really important that when we go through all of the things that we go through, I think it goes back to body shaming, right? Like, do we look at someone else who has something that maybe we think we want and automatically speak badly about them? Right. You hate them. Yeah. Do we earn success and then shun everybody else because we've earned this success, it's ours, as opposed to sharing it? If we were more generous in our love for others and who they are, regardless of what they look like, the entire landscape might look completely different. That's where my brain was going. It got there eventually. I'm a little slow (laughs) today, but we got there. Um, But yeah, I think it's just like really important to, to just there's another seed for a garden, plant it because you ha- you did, you worked hard, you know, you had trials, you had tribulations, you had learning curves. And instead of just keeping it all to yourself, you're sharing it with other people and helping them make their journey just a little bit smoother. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that people do like not share. I don't know why though. Like I, I mean, I guess, especially when it comes to financial stuff there, that's a whole other, that's a whole other topic. Um, but I've done a lot of work around money mindset and like abundance work and being really comfortable talking about money. I used to get like clammy, like talking about money. I'm like, you know, but no, it's do so it. important. It's, it's so important again, as women that we talk about money, because there is a reason that we make less money than men on the dollar. And it's because we don't fucking talk about it and it's all they talk about. So let's talk about it and let's start earning more than men. 
Yeah. What's yeah. Up, I mean, and, and also you. there's like way more than enough, especially with business owners. I know there's competition, right? It's like, oh, the market is, I'm doing quotation marks. The market is saturated. Like, no, there are billions of people on this planet, mm-hmm. right? And when I teach marketing, and this is something I learned from Jasmine Starr, who I love, she's a great marketing expert. And this is something a lot of people talk about too, the three M's of marketing, where you have the message, the messenger, and the medium. And those are three different mm-hmm. things. And so though your message might be the same as somebody, right? There's a million people out there talking about self-love mm-hmm. right now. Great. We need self-love. The messenger is always different because I'm different from all these other people. Yeah. So I might say something that somebody else says, like we say it in two different ways because we're two different people and it just resonates with people differently and they have the people it resonates with and I have the people it resonates with and it lands in different ways and opens up different portals of thought for different people and that's a good thing. Um, And the medium of like the way that you're sharing this information, Yeah. you know, it's always different too. So I, I really, yeah, I don't believe I'm so done with competition. I was in, I was a competitive dancer when I was younger and I also did theater for years, which is so competitive, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you're auditioning for something, only one person gets the role, right? And I'm also a double Capricorn. So I have this like very competitive <laughs> nature within yeah. me, but I'm just like that part of me, it's, it comes from lack mindset and I've done a lot of work around, okay, competitive Melanie, like, what are you actually afraid of? Mm, you know? Yeah. Like there's more than enough for you. You've always received everything that you've needed in the long run. So let's calm down and it's fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so community is over competition is, is so important because yeah, when we uplift others, we absolutely uplift ourselves. Yeah. And also uh, interesting that you just said that, that, that comes, that the opposite comes from a lack of mindset, because I do think that there is an aspect to, um, business owners or whatever that you don't want to give away your secret sauce, right? Like you don't want to tell people like what it is that make that made them successful because then they might get successful and then they might encroach in your like space. And it's like, no, like to your point, you're different than everybody else. And you have something to offer that's different from, from other people, even if you're talking about the same topic. Um, and speaking of talking about topics and community over competition, you also have a podcast, (laughs) self-love lifestyle. And I just listened to your episode with almost 30 girls, which is like, that was uh, uh, like, what? Like record stop. Because I think that if you're in the wellness industry and you know what a podcast is, you've heard of almost 30. I know they were definitely an inspiration for Issa and I when we started this, which who knows what this has even evolved into, but, um, what was, was that like a pivotal moment for you? Um, I mean, I, I love Krista and Lindsay and I was part of the almost 30 community for a long time. They had the ambassador program mm-hmm. where in different, they do meetups in different, um, areas, you yeah. know, you know, depending on where you were in the world. And so I was always going to the New York city meetups, like always, you know, part of that community being present. Cause I, yeah, I love, I love that podcast and I think they're amazing. And I went to one of the events that they did in New York City and I met them a couple of times at a few different events. One was at Pop Sugar Playground, which is like a yeah. big 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, oh my God, I love Pop Sugar Playground. That was like <laughs> Disneyland for wellness. It was like the best. <laughs> and I made so many connections there and, and so many friends and it was amazing. But anyway, that's where I met Krista and Lindsay the first time. Um, and I also met the Tone It Up girls there. Oh my gosh, fun. They're so fun. Um, but then I re-met Krista and Lindsay at their event, whatever. I went up to, to Krista and I just was like chatting her, you know, up. I was just talking to her and asking her questions about podcasting and stuff. And, and then she's like, we should do an interview. Let's do it. Whoa. And you so didn't even like, have to shoot your shot. She just was like, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. And so I went to their, I went, it's actually, I went to Lindsay's apartment in, uh, in LA in February, January, January, February, somewhere around there of 2020. Um, and we, we just, we recorded, it was amazing. It was so exciting. Yeah. I loved them. And, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like pivotal moment, I think they're just great expanders too for expanding your idea of what's possible in terms of mm. creating a business out of a podcast, um, which isn't necessarily my focus. My podcast is really meant to be just like a greater extension of sharing knowledge for me personally. That could change, but um, you know, right now it really is is about just having another medium, right. To, to share these, these tools and this information. And I love podcasts so much. Um, but in terms of them, like they are expanders for what is possible. They're always, you know, sharing their own journeys, which has been really inspiring for me too. They're very real, very relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been amazing to to watch them grow and to see how they are uplifting their community, right? Like I I'm a member of their community and they were like, Yeah, let's, too. let's hang out, you know, let's do this. And they released my interview with them on their podcast. So like it wasn't oh. yeah, in before I released my episode, um, they released theirs. I want to say it's episode 308, but yeah, they were like, they were like, you know, we loved this so much. We want to release the interview you did with us on almost 30. So there is like an episode of almost 30 out there. That's that's that, wild, which was definitely a huge goal for me. Yeah. Uh, like a huge dream of just like, that would be so cool as yeah. like, a wellness practitioner. Like, <laughs> you know, as you were saying, like that they're, they're huge in that, in that space. And so when they were like, not only are, not only are we inviting you to interview us, but like, we're going to put this up on our podcast. I was like, okay, let's yeah, go. Wild. <laughs> wild. I, I probably would have been like super nervous I feel like because they're like so pro at like interviewing, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess I tried not to think too much about that because again, like I've been working so hard on, you know, just on being, being just really rooted in, in compassion towards myself and others. Right. So it's like, you know, you don't need to be nervous if you trust yourself. Right. No. And I've also listened to several of your episodes and you are eloquent and you say exactly what you want to say, how you, or I don't know if it's what you want to say, but what, how you speak, you can tell that it's thoughtful and it resonates and it's purposeful and meaningful. So, I mean, 
just I noticed little... it even like just being here like when you were being thoughtful about what you're saying you just close your eyes and start talking and I was like I don't think I can close my eyes and talk and concentrate like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. but like when you were being like intentional and like you the way you were speaking you would just close your eyes to focus and I was like oh I gotta try that <laughs> I, I do that a lot I if I like yeah if I'm trying to it really feels like I feel the change physically. If I'm trying to, I don't know, channel like what the truth is of my experience and what I'm trying to say, um, I close my eyes and I literally feel it coming from my lower belly. Like wow. I try to wow. that. That's yeah. crazy. Um, well, I just want to end with a piece of advice that you would want to leave with our audience. Wow. (laughs) Um, A piece of advice that I want to leave with your audience. Okay. So we've been planting seeds Mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah. Um, And my advice is to take the seeds that are nourishing to you and to water them just a little bit every day. And also to pull the weeds that maybe. Oh, that was so good. Shit. Mic drop. Um, so that was amazing. I feel a title in there somewhere for this episode. Uh, wanna, wanna grow a garden. Um, we end, (laughs) we end every episode with five rapid fire questions. Great. Super fast and not really that serious. Um, well, the first one's a little serious. That's my fault. Um, so we're just going to do it and then we'll. Great. So if you were not do like a self-love coach, what would you be? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Right now that would literally change year to year, but right now I would be a better. A what? A homesteader. Oh, where all you do is like you just like garden and live off the land and like off the grid. You don't really rely on it. knows. That's like my fucking dream. dream. That is my dream. I want to be a Costa Rican homesteader though. We'll have to, we'll have to talk. Cause like this was my first year having my garden. I'm starting to get into like preserving. I literally am making apple cider vinegar this morning. I just made it. I'm making sourdough bread every week. Like Holy shit. You are way past where I am. This is, mine is still in my brain. I'm just learning how to take care of house plants right now before I get to sourdough starters. That'll be my next step. I have to keep all my house plants alive first. You just have to like try. It's all an experiment, but yeah, I would just homestead, honestly. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking dream. (laughs) Next question. What's your favorite book? Women Who Run With the Wolves by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. That is a heavy duty book, man. She's my teacher. I went and Shut studied up. With, Yeah. I went and studied with her in 20 Oh my god, what year was it? 2016. I went to Colorado and just like sat at her feet. <laughs> you if know? you are listening to this podcast, you have to read Women Who Run With Wolves because it is like it's like I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not a self-development book in the way that you might think that a self-development, it's like very like a primitive and it's extremely deep and heavy too. Like it took me, it took me a while to read, but then I read it like three times. I would say listen to the audiobook because Dr. E is 
a phenomenal storyteller. She's a cantadora, um, self-proclaimed cantadora, which means she's the keeper of old stories. And she tells stories in a very traditional kind of way. And Mm -hmm. she's collected these stories from various cultures and like indigenous peoples. And she's a Jungian psychoanalyst, which means that she uses archetypes and the shadow um, to find greater meaning in stories that both were told from society and culture, whether those are fairy tales and myths or stories that we tell ourselves. Wow. Really wow. Um, So the next question is your go-to movie or TV show? The Office. Yeah. (laughs) I just like, I mean, especially now, like I just need to like laugh and like Mm. they feel like friends at this point you know and I guess if it's not the office like some sort of like BBC or like I love like Poldark or like Outlander like oh cool you know what I mean like romance historical dramas that kind of stuff that's awesome so you have to eat one food forever what is it dark chocolate Mm. (laughs) um okay last and our favorite what is your vibe? Rose quartz. I like how you just, you just, <laughs> I wish that everyone could see your face because that came out of your mouth and the look on your face was like, why did I say that? But for some reason it makes perfect sense. Just like yeah, love and light. <laughs> love and light is like what rose quartz is, you know? So I love that. That was a really good answer and very unique. Yeah, I don't know why that's, I mean, I have crystals, like literally, y'all won't be able to see this, but you too can. I have like crystals everywhere. (laughs) I'm like always surrounded by- Fistfuls of crystals. Um, Yeah, fistfuls. (laughs) (laughs) So tell everyone where they can find you. So at the self-love lifestyle on Instagram, when you're searching, be sure to use the, the self-love lifestyle. Um, You can go to melaniemonaco.com. I mostly hang out on Instagram, though I'm also on Facebook, also uh, starting to get into TikTok more and more. Um, But yeah, and if you're interested in my course, you can go to live.theselflovelifestyle.com to learn more about that. I won't be reopening enrollment until 2021, but you can definitely join me. We will link everything in the show notes. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you.